Hello, hello, boys and girls. This is Startup Hemi Downs, the podcast where us young founders ask our burning questions to successful entrepreneurs and thought leaders. I'm Ranbir, and today me and Phil are interviewing Paul Dowling. Paul is the founder and owner of Dreamstake, which is an online accelerator and incubator for young startups. This makes Paul the perfect guide uh, to show us around how to raise angel investment. The points we cover in today's episode include what is founder market fit and why it's so important for angels? How to conduct tests with your MVP to raise the interest for your next round? And what Paul thinks are going to be the next big trends in tech and sectors where money will be injected? So, guys, sit back and enjoy the episode. Thanks for coming down, Paul. It's a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. Um, so to start off, how do you introduce yourself to people you meet at dinner parties? Um, I probably tell them that I'm the uh, tech startup guy. Sounds like a nice introduction. <laughs> um, and I guess in about in as little as four bullet points, just give us a, um, a brief rundown into your background and what you've done basically post-university and school. I actually uh, left school without any qualifications at all. And for me, I've gone round full circle. I, <laughs> I, I left school without any qualifications, um, worked in uh, big tech companies, mm. um, and then made the switch into management consulting. Um, and then ultimately, about 10 years ago, I dropped out of course corporate life and since then I've been working with uh, technology companies and startups. Um, so I guess going on to your first startup, uh, Mindstream, how did yeah. you secure funding for your first startup? Um, Talk us through a step-by-step uh, case of how you went through it and if uh, a young person today is looking for angel investment, what should be their version of the step-by-step process you took? Exactly. I would say you have to think very, very strategically um, about how you go about uh, raising funds. Um, and because it's the odds are against you, the more you can tick the correct boxes before starting the process, the more chance you've got sort of thing. So what are the boxes? Well, the boxes, I would <laughs> say there's about 10 boxes. But I think that the, uh, the, the, the key ones really is, first of all, at early stage, it really is down to the founder and the team. Um, and I think investors are looking at the founder to be able to say why they're doing this thing in the first place, mm-hmm. not just from the point of view of them solving a problem, which I always say is incredibly important, but also why they want to solve that problem and why they personally relate to it sort of thing. Because I mm-hmm. think because um, uh, investors know that uh, creating a tech startup <coughs> is an incredibly difficult thing, they're not really looking for somebody who's just sort of stumbled into it and is doing it as a bit of a whim. Sure. Or even actually somebody who, you know, has done a lot of market research and believes there's a big opportunity because neither of those two things are necessarily enough to keep you going when things get really, really tough. Yeah. So I think, you know, a founder with a, with a, with a strong um, drive and passion to, to solve a problem that he personally can relate to because of something in their background mm-hmm. is a very strong... Um, um, a driver. So I'm, I'm a great believer in um, founder market fit. So I've just mentioned the founder. <laughs> cool. So I think the market is the second element, really, because ultimately, you're, 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 as an uh, angel investment, they want really investments that are later to become VC investments. Uh-huh. And VCs will only invest if it's a, a very large market where they can get 10 times their return. Mm-hmm. So you're kind of working backwards from that point all the time. Um, I would say another really tip for founders is um, think about the, the VC round 
right up front, even before you talk to angels. The angels really are a stopgap position mm -hmm. to get you to the VC position. And if you understand where you're going with the VC round, it's not that far off. So you have to be really thinking about what do you do with the money from the angels to get to the VC round in one in one shot. Yeah. So you mentioned, you know, think about the size of the market. Now, we spoke with someone from Y Combinator a few months ago called Michael Selby. Um, and he said go after a hundred billion dollar market. Yeah. So what to you is a sizable market? Um, if you think about what VCs are looking for, they're looking for businesses that can potentially create a unicorn. Uh -huh. And that really means that it has to be scalable, you know, it has to be a globally scalable business. You know, you have to cut and dice it right down to manageable chunks. Mm. But the, one then has to be able to extrapolate that to, to say, once approve that market in, you know, in London, or even it could be Hackney, it could be a much, a very narrow segmentation. Mm. But what they want to hear this is you're carrying out a valid experiment mm -hmm. um, to prove product market fit right. that can then be true of every city in, you know, in, in the USA or in Europe or wherever. Sure. So you can build it out sort of thing. So okay. how much uh, return do you think an investor is usually looking for from their investments? I think both at, um, at Angel and VC, I think they're all looking for, 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 for 10 times their investment. Um, so if you were starting a company today, you were 25 years old, or let's say you're your son's age, you were nine, 19, 19, is your, 19. Is your son? Yeah, yeah. 19, and you want to start up a, a cool skateboarding, uh, innovative <laughs> skateboarding company. Um, how would you go about, step by step, get raising uh, angel investment? I think you would um, you would first of all um, uh, prove um, problem solution fit. So first of all, you would before building anything at all, really, you should actually be understanding: mm. Are you solving a real problem? Does your new um, skateboarding startup um, address uh, a real problem? And um, do other people believe it's a real problem? And I think if you um, are able to prove that, um, then you, you can start to think about your first funding. Now, your first funding probably at that stage is not angel investment. You know, it's probably persuading your mates to, you know, to part with 5K or, mm -hmm. or, or, or even putting out a, a crowdfunding uh, campaign or something along those lines. But if you've done it rigorously, um, the proving of a, a, a problem, a solution fit, then you know you'll start to find that people will kind of nod and agree that you're onto something good. The real problem is that not many people do that. Actually, most people skip that stage mm. and say, "Well, I've you know kind of I know it's a good idea. You know, I'm going to go and build an MVP, and uh, you know, and, and 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 the customers will follow. So and and therefore nobody's going to give them a load of money at that stage because they're saying, "Prove it to me." So you mm. can get little bits of money at that stage. The next stage, of course, is, is um, uh, to create a minimum viable product using the jar. But in other words, prove it, you know, producing some kind of prototype that, uh, to test the business model. But I think again, a big mistake that people make is they try to they try, they try to put too much functionality into the MVP. Yeah. Yes, you said and, that to yeah, me. Last and they week. end up testing more than one business model simultaneously, and they don't really. So it's a bit like doing two experiments in a in a laboratory, you know. Mm -hmm. 
simultaneously. Mm-hmm. And of course, you're getting two answers that don't relate to each other. Um, so I think it's very important to set up the MVP test um, very rigorously and just learn from that because uh, it's not that painful having to switch business models, having got the results back. Mm-hmm. Um, so angels require almost as much traction as VCs do. And I would say the difference between traction with angels and traction with VCs is all about metrics because mm-hmm. um, uh, angels will say, what have you sold and how much have you sold, just as a VC will. But, uh, but uh, angels will accept a sl- certain amount of fluffiness about the answer. You know, mm. they'll accept the fact that you've, uh, you know, you've, you've sold to 15 customers and they pay paid variable amounts and that kind of thing. Whereas uh, VCs will, will, will just have their own set of metrics, mm-hmm. which will be uh, cost of acquisition, uh, acquisition very often, often and mm-hmm. lifetime value of customer. Mm-hmm. They'll just say, what are those two metrics? Just show me them month by month. Mm-hmm. Um, and they want repeat, so they want repeatable metrics. Mm-hmm. Can you explain those two terms just for our audience? So, so, I, so, the, so the first term really is about how much does each new customer cost you uh, to to acquire? So, how much money have you spent in marketing um, to get those customers? Um, and then the second one is a is an extrapolation of the what you believe to be the entire lifetime value of the customer. So, what they're really checking is that you you know it doesn't cost you more. Uh, per customer to acquire them than you're going to actually make out of them. Mm-hmm. And what type of traction do you think uh, is required to get an angel investor to really buy in? Uh, I think um, in general it is about um, having proved in a small limited test the, the business model. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think people, um, investors are, are, are bright enough to uh, extrapolate. So whereas a VC might have expected you to do quite an uh, expansive t- uh, a test that maybe across London, mm-hmm. um, a, an angel might be quite satisfied that you've, you, you've managed to acquire a thousand customers in Hackney mm. and prove that 10, uh, 10% of them you know, have bought something from you or are paying a subscription fee or whatever the business model is. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. No, thanks for going through all of that with us. Uh, so, <laughs> so moving forward, so you're also the founder of a startup called Dreamstake. Yeah. So could you just explain to the audience what Dreamstake is, how it works, and, and what, what the future is for Dreamstake? Yeah, so um, I often describe Dreamstake as an online accelerator, Yeah. but we also run a manual process of, um, of uh, teaching. So we run Dreamstake Academy from Google Campus on a very regular basis, where we teach everything really from um, business model canvas, creating MVPs, legals, IP, um, uh, hiring uh, and a lot of other things which we run um, on a regular basis through the platform um, and then we also encourage um, established London tech founders to come back and actually talk to the um, younger startups so we've had everybody from David Buttress who's the CEO of Just Eat um, mm. William Reeve of Love Film um, Tom Allison of Shuttle we've had the Y Plan guys we've, in fact we've just had just about everybody <laughs> yeah, um, and we do that because it's, there's nothing more. There's nothing better for a tech startup to hear from another tech startup founder. Mm-hmm. Um, often it's the mistakes they want to hear. You know, mm-hmm. where they made a really bad mistake because you learn an awful lot from mistakes 
yeah. uh, you, you, you probably learn a little bit more from mistakes than you do from uh, from 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 the successes. successes because it's really very hard to determine you know which part of your success came from what. But it's yeah. very easy to say you know I made a real mistake. I didn't get that developer to sign an agreement to you know mm -hmm. so I found that I didn't own the IP and then you know then the VCs wouldn't invest in me or whatever it is those mistakes are very easy to identify yeah this sets us up nicely for the next question so what are the common mistakes that you see founders make um, through Dreamstake and Hawks and Angels I, I would I, when they're I, trying to raise money yeah I, I would say um, when, when trying to raise money, I would say that the, the most common problem is believing it's much easier than it really is and not preparing properly. Mm. You know, I think that the investors um, want to see that the founder, uh, you know, is, is having as much pain as, as they're potentially going to have. Yeah. It's a bit like, you know, I spend five, five minutes in front of the mirror and I come up with what I think is the world's best idea. Mm. And everybody, and that's my work done, sort of thing, <laughs> you know. And, and people overvalue those ideas uh, mm -hmm. significantly. Sure. There, there's, not, there's actually, you know, very, very little value in those ideas. It's what you then go out and do and, and, the, and, and the pain that you then go through in terms of validating the idea, writing a, a robust business plan, persuading a CTO to come in beside you and all of those things and all of those are proof points that you actually aren't just a guy with an idea but actually you're a, a, a guy who can make that idea happen okay uh, so uh, what do you think uh, are the biggest trends uh, currently in Europe in investment so is it you know Uber of is, is a big thing that that's swishing along, Airbnb uh, of yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, so I so I think the biggest trend actually is uh, deeper technology. Um, I read an interesting article recently about you know not very few people can copy Uber. Everybody believes you could do an Uber of this or an Uber of that. Mm -hmm. But Uber had some very very um, specific things in their favour really. The fact that they they were really pushing against an open door. Um, San Francisco had the worst taxi service in the world. It was a monopoly. Most businesses are not coming up against monopolies. Mm. Um, and so I think people are learning the hard way that actually not every um, marketplace is going to work. But on the other hand, um, I think that um, what um, um, the last sort of batch of startup founders and VCs have achieved is they really kind of laid the pipes of the internet to, to make incredibly powerful network where I think now you're going to see much more substantive stuff happening I've got a machine learning doctor app on my phone you know so uh, you know so it's mm. things that I, I think there's, there's a huge potential to solve real problems yeah uh, and big problems I, yeah. so I don't think it's going to be small problems I think it's going to be uh, you know there's going to be some really interesting stuff I think there's also this thing about you know connectivity and I think that you know we, we are going to see autonomous vehicles and so we're going to see sort of physical uh, devices, uh, we're going to see medical devices and all of this kind of stuff um, and I think it's the connectivity between uh, between some of these as well you know so that your home knows that your car's arriving you know it turns mm -hmm. on the lights and all of this kind of yeah. stuff 
um, is the interaction between the various uh, devices. But I think in, in general, I think some slightly more substantive type of technology, I think particularly in this sort of health tech arena, mm -hmm. you know, where you're, you're going to be able to predict when somebody's going to have a, you know, a heart attack and uh, so this qu um, quantifiable self yes. is yes. quite a big area. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Uh, yes, it's absolutely a huge area and I think that's going to be, you know, I think that's going to be, there's so much to be done on, on the medical mm. side. We're just on the tiny, with the, the, the cost of, um, the cost of um, sampling the genome is, you know, it's come down from like, a, 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 you know, millions of pounds yeah. to a hundred dollars. And this really leads to the, the possibility of uh, predictive, preventative yeah. uh, health care. Yeah. And, you know, that, that we haven't even scratched the surface on all of this sort of stuff. No, I think very yeah, well said. Very insightful. Yeah, we're both in the quantified self space yeah. as well, well anyway. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. it's good to know <laughs> um so just i guess rounding off now is there anything that you would like to say to the startups out there especially in i guess the european side of things are there any kind of books i know you mentioned the lean startup earlier any any other kind of books or publications or things that people want to start reading there's a great book. I think it might simply be called Angel Investing, but it's by David Rose. Uh, you'll definitely find it on uh, Amazon. Um, he's a US um, angel investor from New York. Um, it's a brilliant book, and um, it, it tells you everything you really need to know about how an angel investor thinks. Um, so that would be the, 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 the book I would recommend. Um, I would just say, if you're out there in Europe, um, that London at the moment is an absolutely amazing place to um, uh, to create a startup. Um, I'm obviously slightly biased being here, but on the <laughs> other hand, it really is. Uh, and some people are even saying that the, that it's uh, more attractive than Silicon Valley because uh, the government has put in some great schemes um, to uh, help. Um, Promote investors on with the SEIS scheme. Um, we've got a buzzing uh, ecosystem. We've we've got the uh, the tech se sector sitting right next to the financial sector mm -hmm. of the mm -hmm. city. We've got uh, tech and fashion sitting next to each other. Um, so um, if you're out there in Europe. Get over here to, to London, uh, even if you're just sending a couple of founders um, and keeping your team back in, um, uh, you know, back in Barcelona or wherever it might be. This is a great business model, and we've got the VCs in London mm. uh, access to capital. Um, so uh, yes, uh, and if you're thinking about doing a startup, just do it. And go and dream steak. And go and dream steak. <laughs> <laughs> dream steak, exactly. Thanks again for coming down, Paul. That was yeah. Thank you very much. Amazingly intriguing about angel investing. Hope that episode was a good thought provoker for those of you looking to raise investment. So some of the main key points we took from this episode were, one, uh, founders need to have a core, core belief in what they're doing and a reason for why they're doing this. Um, Angels need this to know that you have something that's going to motivate you through the crap times where, you know, money or social status isn't going to mean anything. So you have to know what this is for yourself. And if you can't find it, then you might want to reconsider, is this something you want to be doing for the next 10 years? Um, but if you do find it, uh, know how to say it succinctly so you blow anyone out of the park uh, whenever they ask you why you're in this game. Two, MVPs are there to test hypotheses. Uh, you need to find out what is the main uh, hypothesis you want to test and then figure out the most easy way uh, to validate it. So it doesn't matter how small the test is, as long as it's a valid test um, and you can prove that your uh, the main concepts for your business are proven, 
then you can convince angels or VCs to carry on funding you. And thirdly, Paul thinks that the simple marketplace integrations are fully done, and it's time we started using tech to solve humanity's larger problems. Um, so he thinks uh, that the big money will be going to spaces like health tech and clean tech in the coming five to ten years. So those are just examples of a couple of areas uh, that Paul sees money going into. But we get the wider idea. It's about doing something that's really going to change humanity. And uh, I think that's very exciting. So let's use the time we have wisely and uh, let's solve some huge problems. So to let you guys know on how it's going at Startup Hand-Me-Downs and our marketing uh, efforts, uh, so Omar, the, the person we hired to handle social media, uh, has been doing a great job at creating uh, wonderful content that's taken both from our own episodes with our guests and their quotes and uh, from, from cool business people around the world. Um, so the tactic we've adopted is uh, Twitter and Instagram both have a follow limit of around 500 uh, follows uh, per day. And uh, a really cool tactic we found is uh, to follow other podcasters' followers. Um, and this gets them to take a look at our account and uh, if they like it, to, to then come on and uh, explore the, the content. So uh, that's where a lot of you guys, uh, I'm sure, would have uh, come from. Um, we're achieving a, a click-through rate uh, of about 0.25%, which is uh, really, really high for social media. Uh, but it's still not uh, high enough for how fast we want to grow. So this leaves a conundrum, we need to think of another way in which we can grow faster. So some, uh, it's, it's been a really cool week um, because for Sweatcoin, uh, the startup where I was the first employee, uh, we just launched publicly and uh, we were featured in uh, Fortune, uh, the Daily Mail, uh, the Metro, Reuters, um, got a lot of publicity uh, for our launch, uh, gained around uh, 3,000 downloads in just a couple of days. Um, so that's the kind of growth uh, we're looking for uh, at Startup Hand Me Downs. And uh, we need an approach that's going to get us uh, into these uh, large publications. So for Sweatcoin, the approach was we were hacking Evolution's bugs. Um, and this caught the eye uh, of the media and um, got us uh, a lot of attention. So we need something similar for Startup Hand Me Downs, an approach that's going to get us uh, this PR. Uh, so just as Kathy White explained in her episode um, of Startup Hand Me Downs, uh, we need this unique approach that's going to uh, catch the attention uh, of the media. So that's the next step for us. Uh, we've established our social media campaign, and uh, now we need to look for a high growth tactic. Um, so tune in next week, guys, uh, to see what we come up with and uh, our plan forward. Uh, so thanks for listening. Take care and have a great week. Bye.